Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Go. Talk Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Big and Fruity, a podcast for people who like a glass of wine. Sit back, relax, pour out a glass of your favorite wine, and join our host, Mr. Dave AC, for the next hour, while we enjoy some nice wine. man who likes a good glass of red wine, your host, Mr. Dave AC. And welcome everyone to episode four of the new wine podcast. Yes, it's on Torchu, show ID 112272. I'm your host, Dave AC, and what you're listening to now is the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast. Uh, thank you. We've got uh, Kerry, my good friend Kerry from the uh, Garden City Podcast in the room. Thank you, Kerry. And I've got my alter ego in the room, just in case things go um, a little bit awry, but hopefully not. Yes, we're already up to the fourth episode. And thank you, thank you, thank you for those people who've uh, followed me either on the um, uh, Big and Fruity WordPress blog uh, that I started up. That's Big and Fruity, or one word, uh, dot wordpress.com to find up updates for the show. Thank you if you've followed the new Twitter, again, Big and Fruity, the Twitter, and also if you are one of the people from the Naked Wine site that have joined the Big and Fruity group there. Thank you indeed. And thank you for what seems to me, may not seem to you, but to me, a very successful launch. Um, I had uh, first week about 40 downloads, second week 50 downloads, and we're well over 60 downloads for uh, last week's episode. So hopefully we'll hit 100 this week and then we'll truly know we've taken off. So very uh, great thanks go out to those people who've at least given it a listen. And I should just say that um, uh, what I'm going to try and do now is not to have so many um, links given out at the beginning, but to get into that topic, start relaxing, start enjoying our wine, and we'll have some more links about how you can join in the show towards the end. I did notice listening back to the previous weeks that um, we were sort of quite a number of minutes before we started talking about our subject. Well, the subject, of course, is easy drinking, big for big cabernets, fruity for fruity merlots, my choices preferred choices of wine but we will talk about sparkling wines should you wish we'll talk about rosés should you wish the whole thing is open to whoever comes on the call and we talk about their preferences 
We had a great first event last week. We did our first interview. And indeed, it was a good friend of mine, Ian, the Sixth Doctor. And I hope you'll give that a listen. It took up about 20 minutes of the 40-odd minute podcast. The show indeed is intended to go for about an hour, but that is not going to be the case with just me on audio. Um, But um, let me say, first of all, that tonight, as I do this show, I'm drinking uh, a wine. What else would that be? And um, the wine, and it's one of these difficult to pronounce words again, it's Ancenio. Let me just get that in the chat. Ancenio, it's a, a Crianza. That means it's been oak-aged, aged three years. The grape is Tempranillo, and it is... Ooh, let me just see. Apart from being a Spanish wine, of course, uh, I'm just looking for the year... And I assume it's 2000 or 2006, indeed, it says on it. And I did post in the chat just before the show arrived, uh, started the um, twit pick. Because what I'm going to do each time I do the show is on my DVC twit pick page, I'm going to put a picture link of the wine I am drinking. And since I am drinking it, I think I ought to have a little taste. And I should really have a little smell and just tell you, we've got plenty of uh, red berry aromas coming from it. And there's just a little, a little sort of vanilla hint on the edge of that. Not much oak coming through on the nose, but we'll have a sip and try. Mm. And we've got lots of plum and cherry, red cherry And forest fruits there. That is lovely. And of course, it's got lots of structure there. It's got the um, the oak, um, and it is, mm, as I say, that little bit of vanilla there. Uh, Let me just read what it says off the back. Um, In the timeless Spanish winemaking tradition, Ancencio. I'm going to spell it out for you. A N C I A N O is mature for at least three years in our cellars to guarantee the perfect balance between ripe fruit and mellow oak character. Uh, Enjoy with roast lamb, chicken and other grilled meats, hearty casseroles and mature cheeses. And indeed, um, I did enjoy about half the bottle of this uh, yesterday evening. So it's really opened up again even more today, and it is a lovely wine. It is one that I've had before. It's on special offer at the moment from uh, Asda. That's the Walmart in America, but Asda here in the UK where I'm based. Uh, I think it's normally about £7, but I think it was down to just over £5. And it is... um, a little gem for that price, in my opinion. And it's suitable that I said this is a wine from Asda, because once we get on to the main topic, the topic for today is the store is your cellar. But we will get on uh, to that in a little while. Now, each week I like to do a, a little sort of wine fact, or a little um, piece of uh, 
knowledge or whatever you want to call it just to give some structure to the show um we did an interview last week i haven't got an interview this week but hopefully we'll try and get something set up for upcoming weeks and uh, what i'm going to just talk about today since i am drinking this lovely spanish wine is to talk about some of the wine classifications from spain Quite a lot of the listeners will probably know the French ones, and they may well know some of the famous uh, American uh, areas, such as Napa Valley and so on, uh, but um, may not be so familiar with Spain. So, um, obviously, virtually all areas to the um, the north and south uh, and uh, the northwest, uh, there are lots of very, very successful uh uh, wine areas and in this particular book I'm looking at now which is the Oz Clark pocket wine book of course uh, Portugal alongside it has their famous Duro areas as well but um, the uh, main classifications of wine and we're going to start with the lowest and then work up those classifications goes something like this uh, Vino de Mesa uh, this is the equivalent of France's Vinda table it's the lowest level, uh, but it's also used uh, for a growing number of the non-DO Super Spanish. Then we go up a notch to uh, Vino de la Tierra. Sorry about these pronunciations. And this is Spanish, Spain's equivalent of the France's Vindapés. And then we go to the DO, uh, Domenciation the origin, obviously uh, the uh, origin area of origin, and this is the equivalent of France's AC rating, um, regulating the grape varieties and the region of the origin. So uh, that's that, and then we move up from there yet again. Um, we have the DOCA, DOCA. And this is the Domunciation, the Origin Calificate. Oh, I can't say these words, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I'm sure I'm going to get into trouble for this, aren't I? But it's a super category, and there's only two regions that, and that is the Rioja and the Priorat. And they've been promoted to the super regions of Spain. And I do apologise apologize i do seem to have difficulty on uh, uh reading some of these uh particular words and um that is just a little hint about some of the regions there are a lot of very uh, beautiful reasonably priced spanish and indeed portuguese wines available and they are often available uh, in the stores that we're going to talk about before we go on to that though um one other thing that I want to do is um, just mention some feedback uh, on the um, Big and Fruity. We have a uh, Big and Fruity page on Facebook. And I put the link in again into the chat because by using text chat grammar, these links can be retrieved. But if you go to your search page on Facebook and just put Big and Fruity, you will come to it. And I've uh, got some feedback from a listener, Steve Brinkley. Thank you, Steve. And thank you for taking the time to make a comment on our page. And this is referring to the discussion that we had about, um, you know, 
screw that wide, about wide enclosures. And I'm just going to read that out for your benefit. So here we go. Um, enjoyed the enclosure discussion. I'm partial to court for ageing long term. I prefer either no foil or the partial foil that shows the court condition. Here in Santa Cruz Mountains, uh, the rich vineyards have been using this shorter foil. A number of wineries are going to no foil, including Bedrock, a local artesian winery known for old wine, Vincent Zinfandel. Oh, I love uh, Zinfandel. The cost of the foil has gotten prohibitive and its usefulness is in question. I'll admit it does dress up a bottle and offers some security to no tampering. Well, indeed, um, I think um, one of the things that I mentioned, it might have been last week, that um, uh, even chateaus in France, like Chateau Margaux, have been experimenting with uh, screw caps and alternate enclosures. And they certainly found that for the first 10 years, uh, screw caps um, you know, were fine. But I think uh, in a conservative area like that, the cork will rule for a long time. But of course, there are qualities of cork, as we discussed last week. A cork made from one solid um, lump of cork, and by that I mean the, the actual neck of the cork, often they have a composite head attached to that, uh, are, are probably the preference of choice when your mind, wine might be put down for 30, 40, 50 years. Um, so there's going to obviously be a conservatism about that. And even within the screw caps, there's some... Uh, differences in terms of the internal structure of that screw cap but uh, more importantly thank you Steve for listening to the show and uh, making uh, a uh, a little bit of feedback for us there okay well um, I'm going to talk uh, in reference here on the uh, seller uh, the store is your seller but I'm going to preface it by saying uh, this is for your everyday and possibly occasional weekend wines. But there are still no substitute for if you have a, a local wine merchant or you have, if you have a, a local dealer who you trust uh, or you have a, a, a wine expert friend to consult. Uh, indeed, please vary where you get your wine. I, I here in the UK... I'm a loyal customer of Naked Wines, which is an online wine service direct from them to the customer. And all the wines, virtually all the wines that I buy over £10, certainly anything over $20, I would buy from them. And I buy most of my, uh, what I would call, easy drinking wines. Those, those in the price point from what, say, um Anything from eight dollars to uh, twenty dollars, anything from five, five to ten or fifteen pounds, I I will probably buy at a supermarket. But even so, um, I don't just spread the net to one supermarket. The three I use for your reference is Asda, which is Walmart, um, the uh, Tesco's, and Morrison's. Indeed, uh, although this wine I got that I'm drinking today is from Asta. Um, I was actually in Morrison's and got a couple of bottles of wine today. But I was taking particular notice of the range of wines that they stock. And really, uh, to say that half 
the wines that are not interested me because they're white wines, there is really quite a nice selection. If there's any limitation, it's probably to do with the vintages. Uh, looking at the French wines, I think the oldest one I saw was 2004. I think the oldest um, Spanish wine I saw was uh, an oak-aged uh, Rioja 2001. Uh, but most of the wines were 2006, 7, 8, and up to 2010, of course. And um, if you're going to be looking for something a little bit more mature than that, then perhaps the supermarket is not the place to look. The, the range of wines uh, on my initial look around Morrison's went from um, champagnes at about £42 down to um, a simple generic red, Australian red, I think was uh, £3.79, which equates to somewhere around five, $5.50, something like that. So there is a, a range for most occasions. If you were having a barbecue this summer, if you were going to a, a casual party, if you were having a spaghetti bolognese, I would say that you would be amply served in whichever your local market is. But that's not the end of the story. I mean, uh, there are always uh, choices to be made. I, in particular, in the last uh, three years, have made a concerted effort to try as many different wines as I can. I still have my few firm favourites that I go back to, but um, there are quite a number of new wines. I think in the last year, to give you an idea of the sort of... Uh, numbers of wines I'm buying, I probably buy within a year uh, 12 dozen wines. Uh, so that's um, a dozen wines a month is probably, uh, I'd like to buy more, but probably my doctor wouldn't agree with that. And certainly my wallet wouldn't agree with any more than that. And of those um, 12 dozens, probably um, two or three dozens are bought from something like Naked Wines uh, with um, eight or nine maybe 80 bottles bought from the various supermarkets over the course of the year. And I usually buy my bottles in uh, either three at a time or six at a time. And this obviously is uh, not always a reflection of what I need at the time. Sometimes it's to do with special offers. And um, as I said, uh, although I do uh, buy these wines uh, and use the store as my seller, I have a little nucleus of wines to hand. Probably no more than, well, it can be anything as low as eight or ten, probably never more than two dozen bottles in my little pantry area uh, off my kitchen. Uh, I, I get a little, little bit nervous and twitchy, I must admit, once it drops down below 12, but uh, there you go. And uh, So let me just uh, reference some of the things to look out for when you are at the supermarket. Often Tesco's are famous for having their uh, buy five and get the six one free. They often have uh, Australian wine events when there's 20% off their Australian wines. Asda is, uh, has their very successful, what used to be three bottles of wine for £10, which more recently, because of the, the way the Chancellor and budget and tax concerns have gone up, is usually three bottles for £12. And Morrison's, although they don't usually do particular deals like that, they do, and I noticed today, a couple of um, uh, French vintage wines, Grand, Grand Vins, 
possibly not from the greatest of years, 2007 maybe, um, they're offering uh, 10 or £12 wines for six or seven pounds. So they do do individual discounts on what may be a perfectly acceptable wine. Uh, just a couple of more things to note. One of the other variations, of course, when you go to a supermarket is they don't just stock the standard bottle. Often they do some uh, of their more basic French wines in litre bottles. They also do some of the wines in what you would call tetra packs and this is where you get one litre of wine in these tetra packs uh, for the same price as a three-quarter litre standard bottle size and my sister Pamela uh, who only likes um, a small glass of wine each evening just to wind down and relax um, she actually prefers these um, where you can buy a little assorted selection of the like one third of a bottle and usually you can get something like um, four bottles for five pounds or three bottles for four pounds and buying sort of six or eight or a dozen of those uh, gives you a nice little selection just to have that one little evening glass of wine uh, at the end of the day and finally on this point let me just mention of course that um, box wines are also readily available in the supermarkets and they're not quite as cheap as they used to be when they first were brought in and these are boxes where there are uh, the equivalent of four bottles of wine in the box that's three liters and you have the tap on the front and you have a collapsing foil bag within the cardboard box and these are designed to keep the wine fresh for up to three or four weeks when they first came out, they seemed to be a discounted product. But I've noticed recently that uh, slightly better quality wines are in them, but these boxes can now cost easily up to £18. That's getting on for, uh, what, uh, $30 or so. So they are, not, are no longer a cheap option. So that's the basic thing, using the wine store as your cellar. Saves you having to have a, a safe, cool area to keep your wines. It means that you can have the fun of picking and choosing some new wines to taste. It means you have the excitement of hunting down a bargain. And indeed, you have those choices if you're having a party to, to buy the wine in different capacities, maybe in these um, uh, lit, uh, three litre boxes but I should just also say that so successful now are these supermarkets that they have jumped onto the online bandwagon and uh, just for three of those uh, and these are quite easy to find using uh, the um, Google uh, search uh, there's uh, Morrison's and there's his morrisons.co.uk forward slash food and drink forward slash drink wine and then we have um, Asta and that's a fairly simple URL to find I'm just putting that link in at the moment and that is um, asda.com forward slash wine forward slash and Tesco's equally easy to find and that is uh, tesco's.com forward slash wine and um, just to give you an idea, uh, Tesco's, looking at that side at the moment, has their Autumn Wine Festival, which continues one more week. And they're having um, free delivery at the moment on orders 
place before midnight on the 25th of September. Um, and uh, they have an awful lot of little special offers there. Um, ooh, well, I'll let you go and search on there, but they, they do have some uh, half-price wines uh, there in stock, and they do do collections for you. You can buy a half dozen dazzling whites, half dozen pink perfection, half dozen simply reds, or half dozen uh, international tasting stores at uh, reasonable uh, prices there. Uh, let me have a quick look at... Oh, yes, that was one thing that caught my eye. That um, um, uh, Let's just find that, yeah. This is a little novelty that I found as I welcome guest five into the room. Uh, let me just allow chat for you, guest five. I've just been talking for some time about um, the advantages of using your local store as your wine cellar. Uh, these references I'm giving are all relating to UK users, but I'm sure this parallels and goes across other countries uh, I certainly know that uh, Ian the Sixth Doctor in the United States, in Florida, uh, he can find some great bargains at his local Walmart. But um, let me just say that um, I'm looking at an article here uh, in the Telegraph, and I'm going to put the, um, the link into the room here again. And I'm going to use my talker ID there to do that. And listen to this. This is a new one of me. Indian wines fly off British supermarket shelves. And this is an article by Josie Ensor. Um, Indian wine could soon be a feature of shops across the country after the first stocks in British supermarkets sold out. Wow. Waitrose. Waitrose became the first UK supermarket to take the gamble and put subcontinental wines on their shelves. Wow. Um, some critics have questioned their quality, but put the success down to the novelty value and the low price. Prices are uh, discounted with reds at £8.49 and whites at £6.99. Wow. Sales far exceed the expectations, so we're looking at adding to them per permanently to our wine range, says Matt Smith. No, not Dot Two Matt Smith, but Winesmith, the wine buyer at Wayne Waitrose. So that's a lovely little idea. Well done for to Waitrose for uh, spearheading that little innovation there. Okay, well, at that point, uh, with just me in the room, although we've had Kenny in the room uh, and Guest 5 pop in and Guest 2 briefly, um, I'm not going to talk for the full 40 minutes. Just me on my own, that would be um, too uh, long. What I am going to do is... I'm going to just play the first couple of minutes of the interview I did last week, just in case this is your very first Big and Fruity Wine podcast that you've caught and uh, you missed uh, episode three. I just want to play a little short section of that so you can go back and listen to it in whole by perhaps subscribing to the Big and Fruity podcast on iTunes. And uh, then I will tell you how you can call in for next week. Okay, now everybody, it's time for our uh, big and fruity interview. It's certainly a big interview on the wine podcast. Whether it's fruity depends on the interviewee. And today we've got uh, none other than my co-host from the Colton Collective, uh, Mr. Ian Bissett. 
the uh, Sixth Doctor. Hi, Ian. Hello, Dave. And thanks for joining us on the uh, Big and Fruity, and thank you for being my first, vi- not victim, my first uh, interview on the show. Well, we're just going to go generally chat uh, about things, as everybody will know by now. Uh, the Big and Fruity is a relaxed uh, wine podcast. We're enjoying wine. We're not trying to analyse it to the nth degree. We're here to sort of uh, have a little sip and uh, talk about wine in general. Uh, first of all, as I welcome you in the room, do you, are you drinking anything at the moment? And Would you like to tell us what it is? I am drinking uh, a Jacob's Creek uh, 2010 Merlot, uh, of course, an Australian wine. I'm from New Zealand, but uh, yeah, I'll drink some Australian wines every now and then. They're all right. you know, they, they do okay for for down under. You know, <laughs> gotta give them something. Excellent. And uh, during the course of this interview, I've just taken a glass just to keep you company, and here's uh, Rio Real Juro. I think so. That's how it's pronounced. Juro. 2009 from Portugal, and it's one of my uh, special naked wine wines, and uh, it's going round down rather nicely. Uh, vino Tinto. So, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Ian, just to uh, put people in the picture of uh, where you're coming from and uh, your attitude to things. Yeah. Well, I, I come from quite a number of places um, after these uh, almost 40 years. I may sound a bit American to, to, to most, uh, but I actually uh, was born and raised in New Zealand. Right, I'm going to stop it there because I want you to go back and listen to episode three. Yes, um, that was the wine last week, uh, and I mentioned when I was reading about Spain, uh, about the Portuguese, one of the main areas is the Juro region uh, of Portugal. So um, please give that a listen. So just a few little uh, housekeeping jobs and then we'll wrap up at around the 30-minute mark. As I said before, it is going to be one hour of the Big and Fruity podcast when we get some regular callers to come on in. I've had one or two people from the uh, Wine Lovers uh, forums that said they might try and drop in at some point. I realise for people based in America, this might not be the ideal time. I'm certainly willing to move the time somewhat don't want to make it too late for my core audience of people in the uk uh, just for your benefit in america i started this podcast at 10 p.m in the evening for uk users uh, i don't want to start it too much later but we can certainly move a half hour here and there if it allows us to get some more guests onto the show i should just say that week five episode five next week the little topic side of the things is going to be about wine blogs. Yes, some of the wine blogs I've discovered and I referred to online during the course of the week, some of the ones that I think uh, should be uh, recommended reading for those of you are interested in both uh, reading about wine and learning about wine as much as enjoying a casual uh, drink. Okay, the show next week will, of course, be on Tuesday. It'll be on Tuesday, the 27th of September, on this Torchu site. And the Torchu ID is double one double two seven two. It's at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's 10 p.m. British Summer Time. And uh, you can call in using the phone. But those people in the U.K., just remember this is an American phone number. And it's 724 
444-7444. So in, from the UK, you would need the one prefix, but it would cost you quite a lot of money. The only easy way to do it via the sort of phone line is if you have Skype and have Skype out credits, because it does cost you, even with Skype out, because you're dialing that phone number, something like two cents a minute to call in. An easier way is to actually come on to TalkShoe, uh, just download a one-only download of the uh, TalkShoe Pro client. At the bottom of every page of TalkShoe, you will see a download button. You download it, install it once. It's a little Java uh, thing that launches the Pro client. It's absolutely safe. There's no uh, nasties in there. It's certified as uh, completely virus-free. And once you've done that, you sign on, join on, give yourself a login name, password, and so on. And then you, next time you log in, you are done with that download. And then when you come to it, you don't click on the larger blue button. You click on the lower button to join the TalkShoe Pro Live. And if you are in the Pro uh, client, that's where you will see the text going across the screen. You'll see in the bottom right-hand corner what's called the shoe phone. And if you click on connect and you've preferably got a headset on, uh, you can talk and join in the audio part of the show. If you haven't got a headset, you can just come in and join on the actual text chat that goes on during the show. A further way of coming in is using some sort of VoIP over internet, some SIP uh, client, and the one I use is Xlight, uh, but there are a number of others, including SJ Phone and Blink. And with those, there is no cost involved, and you're coming in over a digital connection, especially if you're using, like I am, a uh, USB headset. So I think that's enough information to impart in one go. Please consider coming on the show. If you've enjoyed this, remember, you can uh, catch the... Um, blog for this, the bigandfruity.wordpress.com blog. You can join the group on Facebook, the uh, put Facebook, uh, Big and Fruity in your search uh, button at the top of your Facebook page. And if you're on Twitter, uh, the uh, Twitter is, of course, Big and Fruity, all one word. And with that, I think this is Dave AC going to wrap up for today's show and hopefully we will catch you next week and remember this is available on itunes and you can download it from there so let's go to the outro and thank you for listening bye all Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.